Welcome to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. At Village, we seek to be shaped by the life of Christ, to practice authentic friendship, and serve the world. You're invited to join us at either our Mission Campus or our Antioch Campus. For now, we hope you hear a word for your own life in this sermon. Our scripture reading today is from the 13th chapter of Mark's Gospel. I'll begin reading with the 24th verse and read through the 27th verse, and then skip down to verse 32 and read a little bit there. But as we come to this passage, first join me in prayer. Gracious God, because you are God, it is your word and your word alone that is life for us. Because you are gracious. We trust that you will speak to us even here, even now. We are here, O God. We are listening. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Let us listen for God's Word for us. In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. And the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. But about that day or hour, no one knows, neither the angels in heaven nor the Son but only the Father. Beware. Keep alert. For you do not know when the time will come. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the Word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. It's Advent. We light the candle of hope today just like we always do. We draw near to the old stories of Silent Night, just like we always do. We sing, O come, O come, Emmanuel, and we come again to the table of grace, just like we always do. It feels harder this year, doesn't it? Do you ever get discouraged? Do you ever wonder? Do you ever wonder if what we're doing here really matters? Churches all across the globe today are reading the same story. They're reading this story of the return of the Son of Man. Tradition places this passage on the first Sunday of Advent every year. It's strange. Technically, this is This is a passage that scholars say was written in what is called apocalyptic language. It's a second language for most of us. It uses larger-than-life images to communicate its truth. But it seems bizarre today. No one talks like this anymore. In 1796, George Washington said this, Friends and fellow citizens, the period for a new election of a citizen to administer the executive government of the United States being not far distant, 
And the time actually arrived when your thoughts must be employed designating the person who is to be clothed with that important trust. It appears to me proper, especially as it may conduce a more distinct expression of the public voice, that I should apprise you of a resolution I have formed to decline being considered among the number of those out of whom a choice is to be made. What? LBJ said the same thing this way. I will not seek and will not accept the nomination of my party to, be, to serve for another term as your president. It's not as eloquent, but nobody talks like Washington anymore. However, to assume that because language is out of date or a little strange, that it has nothing to say, well, that would be foolish. Apocalyptic language is strange. It is of a different date, but it has something to say, and I think we would do well to hear it. The challenge of the text is not just that it reads like science fiction, the sun goes dark, the Son of Man rides the clouds. There's a deeper difficulty in this passage. This passage is an insult to our egos. Jesus declares that we're never going to get things right. Injustice will always be with us. Our righteousness will never be pure. The world will always be awash with oppression. Sin is stronger than we think. Evil is the companion of every generation. We're never going to get everything right. This is the way he says that. Jesus tell his followers that, that the world will end, and they ask him, what will be the sign? Tell us what's going to happen. And then he, for a whole chapter, begins to talk about there'll be wars, and there'll be rumors of wars. There'll be earthquakes and famines. Mothers will not be able to take care of their own children. You'll get dragged into court just because you believe things will be a mess. The innocent will be punished. And then he says, but after all that suffering, these aren't the signs. These aren't really signs of anything. Because this kind of stuff is normal. Suffering and brokenness and failure, that's not some mystery that needs to be explained. That's the reality of life. The suffering of our days caused by COVID and systemic racism and attacks on truth and rumors of civil wars. Well, this was preceded in other generations by wars and civil wars and rumors of wars. Before COVID, there was AIDS and polio and the bubonic plague. There was sex slavery and slavery and the middle passage. And well, you get the point. We talk about suffering as, 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 as if it's some aberration in our lives that needs to be explained. But suffering and failure is more common than not. Now, the suffering in our lives, the brokenness in our lives, the oppression in our lives, it's real and in many cases devastating. 
But it's not time to sing, no one knows the trouble I've seen, because the truth is far too many do know trouble in their own ways. This is the norm. That's what this passage proclaims. All of this suffering, it's not a sign of the end. It's just a sign of the times. So it makes you wonder, what matters? Is there anything that you and I can do that really matters? You no doubt have one of these, a recycling bin. Every Wednesday evening, I gather my recyclables. The plastic have the little triangle on them to indicate they're good to go. I carry this to the, to the curb in a little effort just to do a little something good for the earth. We, we know how bad this is for the environment. So to recycle it seems like a good and faithful thing to do. I'm not alone in this. You do this. I think everybody in America recycles their plastics. But in September, I heard an NPR report that said almost none of this gets recycled. The truth of it is almost all of it gets buried or burned or pushed out to sea in an island of trash because we haven't figured out how to recycle this stuff in a way that's usable and also be able to make money doing it. And so if we can't afford it, well, we don't do it. NBR reports also that over these decades where we've been carrying these to the curb, the plastics industry and the petroleum industry, they knew that we couldn't figure out a way to recycle this, not not yet. But it didn't stop them from investing millions of dollars in advertising campaigns to encourage you and me to think we were being green by carrying our plastics to the curb. All these years where I thought I was doing something faithful, it turns out I was doing something for nothing. It doesn't matter. Doesn't it make you wonder? Is there anything that we do it really matters? I mean, we stack the shelves at the pantry with foods and we send it out the door so that food will be on kitchen tables, but, but we know there's not a day where all of God's children have something to eat. You endeavor, to be honest, to speak the truth in your own lives, but we are surrounded by lies every day. You endeavor to be fair to treat one another equitably, but injustice and oppression tip scales and rules bent toward the powerful. That's just the way it is in this world. And that's what this apocalyptic text confesses. We never get it all right. We never our righteousness is never as pure as we want. Evil emerges in every generation. We never get it right, not completely. Wars and rumors of wars, famines and innocents being dragged to court and mothers not being able to take care of their children. Jesus says, these aren't signs of anything. This is just the way our lives are. If I've given you the impression that that means things are hopeless. 
well, I have misled. Because Jesus does more than just tell us this truth about ourselves. He also tells us the truth of our relationship with God. And if I understand the text, he says two things that are critically important. The first thing he says is that God will repair what we can't. God will heal what we can't. God will mend what we can't. That's what all that son of man riding the clouds imagery, that's what all of that says. If I understand it, what Jesus is saying is that in the end, when all of creation has taken its last breath, there is only God. But because God is love, and because love is a power, God will make right all that has gone wrong and there will be no good that you sow in your life that will be lost. It will all be gathered up from the ends of the earth. In the end, it is the way of Christ that will last. And then Jesus says the most wonderful, hopeful, beautiful words. He says, keep awake. Keep awake. I know. Doesn't sound wonderful, hopeful, beautiful. If you've ever tried to stay awake longer than you want to, you know that it's hard and it can make you crazy and eventually becomes impossible. So what does this keep awake? It sounds like Jesus is afraid he's going to return and find you slothful on the sofa watching reruns of Law and Order. That's not it. If I understand it, what he says is, it matters. Your life matters. Live each day expectant. Look for the signs of God's grace that are loose in the world. Do the good that is yours to do because the good does not get lost. It is gathered up. I think what Jesus says is, yes, you're not going to win, but you don't have to win to matter. You're not going to change the world, but you don't have to change the whole world to make a difference. Will we get it perfect? No. But the good does not get lost. You've taught me this. So many of you know, my dad died last month. He was a giant of a man, and he was a great dad. And I was beyond blessed to have him in my life for as long as I did. And so many of you have, have walked this walk, and you know how sloppy grief can be. But I've learned, I've learned something in these past few weeks in a way I didn't know it. I, I knew it here, I think, but I've learned it here. Many of you have sent a card or an email or made a phone call, and did a very simple thing. You said, hey, we're sorry. I hope you're doing okay. I'm remembering you in my prayers. And I've been amazed at how powerful that is. I've been astonished at the power and comfort of just simple kindness. I think that's what Jesus is talking about. Does, I, I, I still miss my dad. I will for a long time. I'm sure probably forever. But I'll get through. 
in large part because I've known a kindness that is a power and it carries you through the storm. And so I think that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, will we get everything right? No. But what you do matters. So we're going to keep filling our shelves at the food pantry and keep sending that food out the door, not because every person's going to go hungry but, or going to be filled, but because we're going to address the hunger that we can. We're going to keep opening books for young children who are struggling to read because the good doesn't get lost. In a world obsessed with deception, we're going to keep trying to be honest we're going to continue to push against the forces that oppress our neighbors and brothers and sisters. And I hope you will join me in continuing to carry our plastics to the curb somewhat as an act of protest to declare that taking the earth for granted, that's something we can no longer afford. And after all of that, things will still be a mess. But in the end, there's God, and God is love, and that love is a power. And God will make right all that has gone wrong, and none of the good that you have sown in this life will be lost. And that is why we light the candle of hope, just like we always do. Pray with me. Gracious God, we believe. Help our unbelief. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon at Village Presbyterian Church. Learn more about us at villagepres.org. And we invite you to join us again next week.